Welcome to Someone Else's Movie, the podcast where an actor, writer, director, or nebulous industry figure gives a little love to a movie they didn't make. I'm Norm Wilner, senior film writer for Now Magazine, and this is The Other Thing I Do. My guest this week is Rachel Wilson, an actress you might remember from Breaker High, Gideon's Crossing, Bomb Girls, Republic of Doyle, or Bruce McDonald's Hellions. She co-stars opposite Dylan Bruce and Christian Brune in the Butler Brothers' new comedy First Round Down, which opens in Toronto this Friday, May 5th, before rolling out across Canada. Rachel chose Terms of Endearment, James L. Brooks' Oscar-winning dramedy about the lives of Aurora Greenway and her daughter Emma, played by Shirley MacLaine and Deborah Winger. Based on the novel by Larry McMurtry, it's a film that spans decades while still feeling remarkably light on its feet, offering a host of great supporting performances and balancing comedy and tragedy so well you won't even see the body blows coming. Nominated for 11 Academy Awards, it won five pretty big ones— Brooks himself picked up the prizes for picture, director, and adapted screenplay, while McLean was named Best Actress and Jack Nicholson took Best Supporting Actor. Can't say they didn't earn them. This is someone else's movie. I went through a whole bunch of movies in my head, actually, when I first got the email from Winnie, because I have a problem of wanting to be right and choose the right one. Sure. Um, <laughs> and, uh, but it's one of my oldest favorites, So, um, and I've been an actor since I was 12. <clears throat> Probably, like, a little bit younger. I think I started around nine. I'm a child actor. And I saw this movie probably, like, around 17 or 18, like, right before I went to university. And, um, you know, the time in your life when everyone's like, what's your favorite movie? And it was this movie and Last Tango in Paris, which is a very odd combination. That is an interesting movie, And I had the posters of both of them up in my dorm room. It was very odd in uh, university, at University of Toronto. Um, but anyway, I, I chose it because it, it was one of the first films that I remember, um, performance wise, like really stuck with me. I just really related, um, to the mother daughter, um, relationship okay. and Deborah Winger herself as an actor. I'm, I'm a big fan. Shirley MacLaine as well. Um, and I think sometimes when you see something, at least for me personally, when I've seen something that resonates for me on a, a very personal level then it kind of hooks me right away and then it sticks with me it's it's like the first time I saw a film that really emotionally hooked me in okay. um I I know that um I know that the other first was like the first time I saw a play like really hooked me in it was Les Mis which is also kind of like sad and melodramatic but hugely so right like but hugely you're, so it's very grand bludgeoned with emotion yes exactly exactly um yeah so that's uh, that's why I picked it. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm really I'm intrigued by the the two by the pairing of Terms of Endearment and, and Last Tango. Is it just the performance? Is it just like the the you level know, of commitment? Of the it possibly is because they're both very grand. Yeah. And I mean Marlon Brando. Yeah. It's very he's very big. It's a huge right. Performance yeah. Right yeah. And um, I'm for some reason I've always also been drawn to films sort of set in the seventies, seventies and eighties. I don't know why. Um, I think that. I think that there's a certain style of acting too, which is in itself can feel now a bit dated when mm. you watch. Um, sure. But I, yeah, do you know what I mean? But I, I like the old, older style of, I don't know. I guess a seventies. I don't know. I've always been drawn to the seventies okay. in general as an era. Well, it's it's also that in the seventies, you know, like supposedly the big deal was realism and, and emotional realism and also yes. image realism. They were trying to be yes. as. They talk about stripped down as as honest yes, as possible, like naturalism. They mm. use that term a lot in the seventies, yeah, yeah. which now to us is just like, oh well, 
you're just watching. That's how things work. Exactly, yeah. exactly. But and then there's also been like cinema verite, which obviously this is not that. Yeah. Um, well, know. I mean, James Brooks was actually catching some flack at the time because he was a TV guy. This yes. was his first feature. Yes. And it was perceived as a little sitcom-y. Exactly. Like they've described it in reviews as sitcom-y. Um, but I totally disagree with that because I think a sitcom is, you know, I think sitcom is uh, formulaic, which obviously is to a certain extent, but I, I felt that the characters were not acting. Like It didn't feel schmaltzy. It felt right. the emotions are big and real. In fact, all the emotions in all the situations are very big, but they, nothing felt overdone to me and um everything felt very grounded and real almost like you are watching somebody's family having like and the way he moves seamlessly between um the different uh time periods oh, yeah. is like incredible like you know without making a big flourish so even though it's grand and big it's also very rooted and grounded and natural like the emotions are big but he keeps it um i don't know he i don't know if it's just him as well as the acting yeah. Um, you know, and the writing too. I think, yeah, I mean, absolutely. The, yeah. um, just Larry McMurtry's book yeah. is so, um, matter of fact, yes. I think about what happens. Exactly. Uh, the, the book doesn't, I, I read the book after the fact. Oh, I you was, read the book. Yeah. I was yeah. a kid when the film came out. I must've been 1983. I would have been 15 when it played. And all I knew when I went to see it was that it wasn't the right stuff and the right stuff was amazing. Yes. So how could it loop? But, how could it be that? Yeah. 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 But it's a different sort of thing completely. Exactly. I mean, it's simply a different genre it's a different animal exactly it's like a family romantic comedy yeah. technically it's just a massively complex simple movie it's just a lot that goes on exactly mm-hmm. exactly yeah. but it doesn't like you like you said is not um it doesn't it doesn't sit in it for too long it doesn't it doesn't comment on the fact that it is this it's just is that you know yeah as opposed to like oh here comes the big dramatic moment you know every moment in it is quite dramatic so you can't really have all of those moments being as big otherwise the movie would be like oh you're always in yeah yeah climax kind of mode the audience I saw it with play it, it played like a comedy yes. uh, I saw it at the, the, the long gone plaza it theater is. In, in Toronto you did yeah. yeah and they they were into it the audience liked it yeah. there was no I mean there was hissing at Jeff Daniels and there was a sure. sort of genuine tension in, here and there but it wasn't and they loved Nicholson. They yeah. loved him. Oh, he's he's they just so brilliant. Giggled magically. He's just like he oozes. You know, it's what you know. It's what I I know of Jack Nicholson and seeing him in later performances over the years. You know, mm. you, people can say, oh well, he's not really acting, but of course he is. I mean, his his dance with Shirley MacLaine is amazing. They obviously have great chemistry together, and they play off each other. And he just manages to pull off that like total disgusting like gross you know <laughs> part of his personality with a charm right so then you're yeah. like you you let you really really don't want to like him and you do like him yeah it you was know? it was jarring to me later to figure it all out um and realize that while mclean had been around making movies as a star for 20 odd years mm-hmm. and so her playing aurora is sort of a natural transition into middle-aged roles and being an older yes. actor Nicholson was like what ten years away from Five Easy Pieces. It's, yeah, it's shocking. It is shocking how right? much older he plays. He plays a lot older. You're or right. How much older he reads. You're right. That's such a good point. Yeah, oh, that's was, so interesting. I was really surprised. Like the last detail and those early '70s films were barely a decade away. Yeah, you're right. You're right. And here he is, balding, fat. Yeah, yeah. Just 
I feel like he just went for it always yeah, yeah. though in his in his career, right? Like he he's just like here it is, this is what I got. He kind of just throws it out there, like the scene in the car where he's oh my gosh, it makes me so uncomfortable but so hilarious when he's asking the woman to come into his house. And he's yeah. like, so she's gonna come home with me, you know? And he's like bleeding from the head. Um, because to me, that's just like a person who's totally unabashedly ashamed of who they are and who they've become, you know, or you could just say he's an alcoholic, but, mm-hmm. but well, it's it, both, but his right? performance, I mean, that's, that's what it is. Yes, you can yeah. see it in his him. performance is very real. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And he's, he's probably as close to a cartoon as the film offers. I mean, in that he's larger than life. And he's very large. Bigger. Yeah. But he, again, he's, he's very real. So it's, it, mm-hmm. it's, I find it so great. You're right. In terms of sitcom, that's where it is. Yeah. It's like that ability to play grounded and real um, in... So I said I disagree, but I don't think I do disagree. I understand your reference now. There's room to move. Um, That's okay. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. But because in terms of, you know, I always said that, like, if you know, you're watching Jennifer Aniston and she's doing something so outlandish, but you, she's totally grounded in what she's doing, right? So that's the same. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, the nature of... Uh, this comes up a lot. The nature of comedy is, I think, if you're making... A broad farce, you can go as big as you want, but if yeah. you're making a human story that has comedy in it, then everything has to come from either arrogance or insecurity. Yes. And the character of Garrett Breedlove has both of those. Absolutely. Like that quality, those both of those qualities are, are living in him at all times. Absolutely, that's such a good point. Yeah. And yeah. and what I was really surprising was he's not in the book. That was an invention no, of, of Brooks's. He's not in the book. Yeah. I know. And and I didn't know that either until later, after, long after I'd watched it. Like I didn't read the book, but I read um, a couple of reviews, and I I know it's interesting, but I feel like her character absolutely needed that. Like I can't imagine. Yeah. Yeah. The book must have been because I, I didn't read it. I don't know. It's much more. Well, it's Larry McMurtry, so it's much more literary. It's been, right. it's more considered. It's much more thoughtful. Right. It's less, it's less one-linery. Right. I mean, that's the thing that Brooks brought to it was yeah. a sense of life to yeah. keep people, you know, invested and engaged. Uh, and but, the humor. Yeah, yeah, but the characters of of. Oh my God! I'm blanking on Deborah Winger's characters. Oh no, it's okay. Um, it's not Alice. It's it's Emma. Emma, thank yeah. you. Um, That's okay. I'm, just... I'm impressed that you got um, Jack Nicholson's character. Oh, Garrett Breedlove. You got his last name. So I know, yeah. I know. I didn't such know his last name. name. No. It's such an on-the-nose name. Uh, but it also sounds like the Colonel Breedlove. Yeah. You could and then he it. was an astronaut. Yeah. And then that's like his big claim to fame. I love when she goes to his house for the first time and she sees like all of his trophies everywhere. I mean, it's just, yeah. you're right. It's the arrogance and insecurity. And people relate to that character, right? Right away. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah. And... But in the story of Aurora and Emma, which is from, which is pulled straight out of the novel, yeah. that detail that's always there, the the, the ambivalence of, of Aurora about motherhood, yes. about not knowing, which yes. we kind of, sh- we, which Brooks kind of short circuits with that opening scene where her neurosis and her love are one and the same. Oh, yeah. like they can't, dis- oh, yeah. she can't disassociate no. one from the other. No, and like the shaking of her in the crib. And yeah. yeah, yeah, no, for sure. And it plays funny. I think it's really... It's so funny. A, a woman is torturing a baby and it's totally. So funny. It's so funny. Yeah. And the way they, they discuss the whole way through. I mean, um, there's, a, there's a part at the end where, she, you know, I don't want to spoil the movie for anyone who hasn't seen it, but by now. basically by the end, I'm sure everyone's seen it, mm-hmm. um, where she's, you know, lying there and, and she says, we're always arguing and she's like we are like we didn't she didn't know that they were so mm-hmm. so it's just like different perspectives on people like her daughter thinks that they've never been arguing and she thinks that they argue all the time mm-hmm. I mean I think a lot of mother-daughter relationships are um, not just mother-daughter you know yeah. father-son whatever family relationships are like that 
fraught, that kind of thing. Yeah. Like only from the outside. If, if you're on the inside, it's just the way it is. I, I, kids I, don't know, right? They kids don't think know. Whatever is happening is normal. Dysfunction in your home is not apparent until you leave your home, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> like I was, I must have been 15 before I really understood that most people's parents weren't getting divorced. At yeah. 10. Like that's just that exactly. was my experience, and it doesn't apply to everybody. Exactly. Else. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And when that ending comes, um, and it does come out of nowhere, just as it does in the book, it yeah. just it just it just happens. Yeah, it's a it's a new direction, mm-hmm. and the audience I saw it with could not handle it. They were they were it was very tragic. Yeah, but full on, like instantly, <gasps> yeah. like pulling oh, yeah. pulling the air out of the room. Well, and because he set up these characters, I mean the the the, the novel has set up the characters, and then James. Brooks also set up, sets up the characters so you care about them so much. I mean, obviously you want your audience always to care about your main characters, but these characters are presented in a way that's like they're never going anywhere. And it's light and it's funny and there's mm. a lot of comedy in it. Um, and I, every time I see it, I I lose it. And, and I lose it sometimes way early in the movie because right. I'm like, I know it's coming. Right. It's coming, you know, and just the way she is with her children. And I, I, somehow, weirdly, I saw this film way before I had a child it always resonated with me. Um, my mom and I have a very close um, relationship, and uh, um, she has four children. Um, and she used to always tell us, like, you can never understand the love that a parent has for a child, you know. And and so I remember seeing it like that and thinking, oh yeah, I think I get it. But now watching it again after yeah. I've had a kid, I was like, oh my god, it's even more, you know, heart wrenching. Well, I was going to say, can you even bear that? No, the scene like actually, when I just rewatched it this week. The scene <gasps> with her son, I was like, no, it was really <laughs> awful. Like I, it's like those sobs where you're like, <gasps> and yeah. I was like, I have to finish watching it. But you can't, you know, I can't. I, it's hard to go there emotionally. You know, it's something like that. It, it wasn't as hard before, and yeah, watching mm-hmm. a movie in a different place in your life it affects you differently. It is. It's weird too for where it lands. I keep, I, I'm watching it again. I was thinking that I guess this is sort of where the third act tragedy comes from. But then of course you realize no, it's the, the whole history of cinema. That's not new. Yeah, it's just handled so effortlessly. It yeah. just doesn't even because I mean it plays like a twist because yeah. he set it up. As breezy and light and the music is Mm happy-ish and the colors are bright Mm -hmm. and you just, you see this, this pleasant little world invaded by malignancy and, and what happens after that is just, it's merciless. It's just remorseless. But it's like a reminder of life. Which is how it would play. Exactly. It's just how life is. And, and I think it's universal in that, you know, everybody's had some kind of tragedy, some kind of loss and, um, and it kind of, it encourages you to just like sit in it. Yeah. But not necessarily be morose about it. Because even Deborah Winger's, Emma's character, she's very, you know, with her kids, like, everything, this is the way it's going to go, you know. And I love the look she has with Shirley MacLaine at the end, right as she's leaving. It's like she always had a, you know, I, I know, I've, I've read a lot of reviews that say, you know, her character is very flat. Deborah Winger's character, you know, that it wasn't her film, that it wasn't whatever. And I never felt like that. I felt like all the characters were so colorful. And, and um, Emma... Her character and her relationship with her mom is she had like a mischievousness about her, like a little girl quality always, like mm-hmm. through the whole thing. And at the end, she kind of gives her a wink, like, you know, I'm going to see you again. Like, like it, just a really cool sort of. And apparently they did not like each other when they were shooting the film. Yeah. You probably know I've that. heard stories. Yeah. I, mean, you, I don't know if it's true, yeah. but I, I would assume that um, I don't know, like in the age of actual journalism, it's hard. If you look back at the stories, yeah. you get these weird quasi gossipy reports sure. but i like i would assume that brooks would 
make sure they at least understood where they were coming from as actors. Because what's going on is really interesting. It is interesting. You were watching a movie in which a character tries to absorb all the attention from her daughter. Yes. Right? But it's not an actor sucking the air from her co-star because what Winger is doing is so you know, simple and small yes. versus what McLean is doing. And that is a strategy. Yes. Clearly you you don't that's not an accident. Those actors are, are doing those things on purpose. Yes, unless they were just cast like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? That the, the, the Brooks knew that they could she do it. He knew that, that they would play off each other like that. Exactly. Yeah. Right. I, but I did see glimmers of it. I mean, and also in any mother-daughter relationship, you know, you have that, um, not, not everyone, I can't speak for everyone, but there's a level of competitiveness. Mm. So I felt like they played on that and then the level of like losing that person and, you know, when she gets married, it's like that, you know, because she was her only child, it's like she's losing her, her lover. Right. You know, there's all those like d- deeper levels of like, she's mine and now I have to let her go to you. But in my mind, like she never left home, you know, she never left home. She, she was married to her mother, like through yeah. the whole movie, you know, her, she wasn't, she did, she was not as close with anybody as she was with her mother. Right. Right. And that's one of the, maybe one of the reasons that the relationship with, with flat, I can't even didn't work. Flat, flat. Such a <laughs> and isn't he so great? Jeff Daniels. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I it, love him in the film because he's, it's a cool performance. You oh, know? he's terrific in it. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's, it's a beautifully conceived, uh, relationship yeah. because he has to show enough appeal that we can understand why Emma would want him. Yep. And then we get to hate him before she does. Yes. So he has to play to those, those sort of indicate the cracks. Yes. And, and he he's just like watch lost. the facade fall away and yeah. he never wants to take responsibility for it and nothing is yeah. his fault. It just keeps happening. Yep. And yeah, by the end of it, you just, I mean, I know how tall John Lithgow is and I was just really yeah. hoping he'd clock him. <laughs> right. Take him. I know. You're like, he could take him on because he's like yeah. this sweet, gentle guy. I know. And, and you know, and Jeff Daniels' character almost too is like he's screwed from the beginning. So he, it's like that child that's always talked about in a bad way. So he just continues to right. be how like can he that, not right? fall into that pattern. Exactly. Yeah. And her line to um, Shirley McLean line to um, Deborah Winger when she says you're not special enough to survive a bad marriage is like one of my very favorite one of my very favorite you know very earnestly to her like you were not special enough you know but it's horrible yeah her fierceness you know she doesn't come to the wedding she doesn't come to the wedding Mm. right so it's just interesting and in family dynamics that stuff happens all the time so I found it very um, I really liked how it played out I I just found every time I watch it I enjoy it Yeah, yeah so much do you Experienced the thing, um, a friend of mine, uh, John Harkness, once said beautifully that every time he watches the rules of the game, the Remar film, his favorite thing about it is that he will sympathize with a different character. Oh, yeah. Like the movie hasn't changed, but his, his perspective shifts. Oh, my gosh, shifts yeah. Enough. Do you find that I happening? Definitely, definitely. Oh, that's such a good point. Yeah. Because it, it, you do, you do, especially if you've seen it a whole bunch of times, because you start watching different things, like in, in, in any film. and uh, Yeah, because uh, there's no one that I disliked, you okay. know? And then, so... Because I could see everybody's point of view, and to me, that's really good acting when you can see every character's point of view. Because right. that character is liking their character, and that character is fighting for what they think is, you know, important. Nobody's playing like I'm the bad guy or I'm the good. You know what I mean? Right. And in the movie, there's so many black and white. Uh, there's so many gray areas, not black and white. You know, um, like Jack Nicholson Garrett's character is like you're like, oh, you're hideous, but he's like, but he's amazing. You know, he's like good with kids, and he says the right thing, mm. and just like people. So I, that's why I like so much about it. It is so real. And Deborah, um, Emma, um, you know, I mean, she stays in a bad marriage. She chooses to stay in a bad marriage, you know. And she does things that aren't great, too. Um, it's like people, you know. Yeah. Uh, it's, 
Yeah, it's a rare film that... Well, that's the line from the rules of the game. Everyone has his reasons. But but uh, the, there aren't a lot of American movies that are willing to allow for imperfection. Yeah. Everything... I mean, now and then. Yeah. Everything after about 1977, when blockbusters took over... Yes. ...was about definitive black and white morality and yeah. there are good guys and there are bad guys and there are people who you can trust and there are people who you can't trust yeah. and yeah Terms of Endearment is a film where it's just fishtailing morally all over the place yeah. because not because it doesn't have a perspective but because it understands that there is no perspective Yes, and that's the thing that I think I wonder if that's why people had trouble with it getting serious at the end because as long as it was light yeah as long as it's bouncy then you can accept all of these mm-hmm. things and it's a farce people cheat mm-hmm, on each other it's mm-hmm. door slamming kind of thing mm-hmm. only slower and over decades yes. and then all of a sudden it's real there's a reckoning yeah yeah um, I bet you're right I bet I people didn't necessarily want it because you don't because as a human you can it's it's important to see yourself reflected but if you're sitting in the bad stuff too long you know people yeah. don't always want to sit in their bad stuff right yeah. so it's it's you're right it's easier if you keep it lighter mm. I was just thinking for some reason while you're talking of that movie Ordinary People oh yeah because in terms of and it's sort of around that I don't know if it's around that time uh, yeah it was 1980s Best Picture winner, so it was just uh, yeah. three four years behind it because that's another film which I felt like show people in there all their gritty like realness mm-hmm. you know um not so black and white yeah and although that one see there's this little window where it's sort of the last remnants of the of the, the american new wave fighting for control over commercial studio cinema because yeah. we've got kramer versus kramer which yeah. is mm-hmm. this deeply human movie about yeah. deeply flawed people yes the following year there's ordinary people yes which is a little more... I like it, but... Not the same as Kramer versus Kramer. I, or, or, well, I think the thing that's missing in Ordinary People, um, because it slots in between Kramer versus Kramer in terms of endearment, yeah. is that Ordinary People is so very, very, very static. Yes. It's really serious. It's just about that one topic. And, yeah, and, and almost it. claustrophobic. Yeah, you're Intentionally right. so. Yeah. It's not a flaw. It's harrowing. It's, just, it's like you just have to keep watching these people's grief. Exactly, yeah. and you're locked in with it. And yeah. there's so the kind of a... Uh, there's kind of an emotional sadism to something there's like no that. movement yeah, yeah I know you just saying. you want to get out and get some air yeah I know what you're saying yeah and, that's actually a really good point yeah and these other films Kramer vs. Kramer only spends a year or so I think but by by following them through everything in that tiny space of time and then in terms of endearment by following them through everything yes. over decades you just have more of a sense of of life yes. instead of lifelessness yes and I was I thinking also of Boyhood which was recently sure, out, right yeah. um uh is that the right name? What did the Linklater film? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But because the, the difference in terms of, which I enjoyed very much, but but what I found fascinating about Terms of Endearment, it's it's more, it's a different type of film, but it has sure. the same kind of idea as you weren't, there was no super dead moments. Because sometimes when you're, when you're showing everything, there's going to be just like, mm, this is sort of like, but, but in terms of endearment, I just found like you are moving along the whole entire time and it's still telling a story, you know, as opposed mm-hmm. to sometimes you're telling something really long and drawn out and it's a little bit, you're, you, you know, I could not so off. Builds in the but certain points, Yeah. There's some yeah. meandering, like, like boy, it had some moments that were, you know. Yeah. Well, that's what I loved about boyhood is that it gives you the space to see a personality forming, which is not the, purpose yes. in terms of endearment yes it's a different type of film right? exactly yeah. yeah but it uses time and it uses it uses incident in a completely different way i, I love the scene where um they're throwing saw blades around yeah and, oh yeah yeah and he just he what we watch is a kid knowing i'm never going to do that again yeah but 
everybody's waiting for, oh, somebody's going to back into a yeah. blade, something's going to happen. And nothing big. Yeah, and it's just observational. Yeah. And it's him realizing, oh, this is a stupid thing. And mm-hmm. it, the whole movie has this How amazing, it's going to form him. Yeah, yeah. This amazing undercurrent that, that pays off so beautifully in that moment at the very, very end where his dad offers him a drink and he says, no, thanks. And yeah. he says, no, you can have a beer. And he's like, no, I don't want to. And we know why. Yes. And it's, that's it. We've just watched all the things yes. that got him there. And it all comes together like yeah. that. Yeah, no, and for sure. In terms of endearment has a structure. Yes. It has a comic dramatic structure of events. You yes. know what they call how do they call what do they call it now? It's this great weird major life events. Major I think, life events. Like a wedding or a child. Yeah. Has become codified into this is a major life event. Yeah. Because that way we can process it more easily and deal sure. with it. Uh, because everything has to be compartmentalized. Right, of course. So, but from a stream, from a, a structural screenplay point, it's genius because how do you tell a story of somebody getting older? Well, you give them a kid. Yeah. You show them getting like you. Yeah. You watch these big moments. Yeah. But again, it's the stuff between the big moments. It's just that weird first date with Garrett yeah. or the time that she meets Sam at the counter yeah. at, the, at the and just time passing. Yeah, like that. yeah, yeah. It's, the hair is a little different. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. a subtle evolution instead of Act One, Act Two, Act Three. Yeah, it's true. And then. And then Act Three comes in, yeah, uh, and like, which is like moves. the fluidity, right? Yeah. Like you said, like there's there's movement all the time. Yeah, and you have the sense that these people, you know, the actors and the characters, legitimately don't know what's coming next. No, which is well, great. they're just in life, right? Yeah. They're just like we are, you know. Yeah, and that's the part I I do I, movies that just make me think of, um, movies that just accurately reflect to me wh- what living is about are my favorite. Yeah, I like I. <laughs> I was like, I was thinking about picking Breaking the Waves, and then I was like, Oh no, that's <laughs> way too tragic. And you know, my for some reason, my 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 picks are always a little bit dark and sad. Mm-hmm. Um, well, Breaking the Waves is a lot. Dark oh my god, it's so dark. I'm like, it'll be way too sad. It'll be too morose. <laughs> um, I actually had to watch that movie in three parts because I was totally traumatized by uh, several scenes. Um, she's so great fun. in it. Um, yeah, but yeah, it's, it's funny. Uh, Sophia Badanowitz did. Dancer in the Dark. Ah, uh, yes. And I, we had, we worked in some stuff about Breaking the Waves because that's the one I prefer of the two. You do, yeah. The yeah, because it gives you the out of the bells ringing, yes. and it's like, oh, okay, good. Yes, you're like, okay, good, the bells no, are ringing. At okay, least there's there's suffering, but there's at least something. there's purpose. Yeah, right? yeah, exactly. I know, yeah. I know, because if there's no purpose, then it's really dark, mm-hmm. and it can be. But yeah. yeah, and religion again, with with terms of endearment, being an American, kind of a happier movie. There's not a lot of it. There's not a. There's no. There's no great sense of a structure there, no. which I find interesting too, yeah. because these characters are just, they just have each other. Yeah. And in the end, it gets smaller, and so the focus gets smaller and smaller, smaller and smaller, smaller until it's just people in a, yeah. in a hospital bed. Yeah. And yeah. oh, it's crushing. I know it is. And then, and then that's just it, you know? But you do have the sense that everything's going to be okay. Like, it's not so tragic that, I mean, it's obviously super tragic, but it. And they do what, wrap it up with some, you know, a nice scene with yeah. everybody, and you There's know a, that Garrett's going to be there for her, hopefully, and generally optimistic. Generally ending. optimistic, yeah. yeah. I mean, they could have left it just like that stark, whatever. But mm-hmm. but Shirley MacLaine is really one of my favorites. I mean, there's just so many cool moments of her in the film. <laughs> I just mm-hmm. I just love I just love her outfit. And she reminds me also of like a Tennessee Williams character. Like I couldn't <laughs> every time she put on one of her gowns and her frilly lace, I I would laugh because um, it's like a debutante basically. Yeah. You know, with her gentleman collars. Yeah, That's her it, her constant need to be noticed. Yeah, um, it's not. There's a there's a phrase that fascinates me. Um, 
uh, malevolent narcissism. Oh, yeah. I don't think she's malevolent. She just needs to be... She's definitely a narcissist. Attention must be paid, yes. right? Like, like her daughter says, Deborah Winger says she's pregnant, and she's and she screams, like, it's all not ready to be a grandmother. A grandmother. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. You know, so mad, so incensed. Like, how dare you do that to me? Yeah, and, <laughs> she's, and she goes so big. Yeah. Because she has to? Because it's a defense mechanism? We yeah. understand her... That personality. Yeah, yeah. we... we we understand her as well as the impact she has, yeah. which I think is great because yeah. you can write off a lot of characters in in fiction as uh, devices to create conflict, sure. you know, like just programmed into a scene to sure. make something explode. To make and, something exciting or fun yeah. or whatever, yeah. And you just, I watch her and I think this woman is just deeply unhappy. She's just unhappy yeah. and she's in it and she's, you know, expressing herself at every turn because she knows that her daughter loves her unconditionally too. She That's has true. people around her that love her, you know, regardless of how she is. Yeah. Uh, but she is unhappy. She's unhappy for sure. Yeah. She, I can't, mean, it's, it's... she can't open up until she meets the astronaut. Right. And, and then and, she's terrified. Yeah. And because his person, he's the one person with a bigger personality than her mm-hmm. and um, oddly enough is more comfortable in it. Yeah. I mean, I think... And he challenges her. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the two of them, it is... It's bizarre that uh, no one had thought to put them together before. It is bizarre. And it's almost like he... he she needed someone to take the bug out of her ass, literally. Mm-hmm. And he needed someone... Yeah. Sorry, I don't know if I can say that. Yeah, and sure. he needed someone to um, to be like an anchor, you know, because he didn't have that, right? Yeah. So it's like the opposites. But their, but their personalities are opposite, too, for sure. Because Shirley MacLaine's always had a very sort of contained... She, she always, to me, even when I saw her in, what was that movie where she pre- plays a prostitute? Um, oh, Sweet Charity. Yeah. Yeah. She she has, a, like, a regalness to her. And she has, like, a very collectedness to her at even a very young age. I mm. remember, fe- like, she has that feeling. Whereas Jack Nicholson's is messy. Yeah. He's always just, like, disheveled and, you know, slicking his hair yeah. <laughs> with, yeah. his, with his spit. That's, like, my favorite when he slicks his hair with his... Um, but, yeah, it just, they're, they're very cool, the opposites. Yeah, it is, are always cool it to is watch. A, sort of a collision of acting styles, too, just because yeah. Nicholson was so... He's a magnificent actor who doesn't do very much. He doesn't like, do very much overtly, at all. Overtly, he's no. not an indicator. And yeah. what she does... I mean, I'm thinking of something like The Apartment, where it's just such a pleasure to watch her adjust her bracelets oh, and yeah. just compose herself. Yeah. And it's all... It's not ticky. It's, exactly. It's just behavior. It's just behavior. Um, but then you put them together, and what she does... Just what she does with her arms and legs, yeah. and when she's angry, when she's like yeah. sort of arching like a yeah. like a praying mantis at one point, yeah. just sort of rearing up. Yes, uh, and he just sort of slouches into it. Yes, it's it's fascinating. Yeah, their body language is totally interesting to watch. Yeah. Do you remember the scene in the driveway when he's asking her if she wants to have lunch, and then and then he's like, "Come closer." And she has her arm like this. Like, she yeah. has her arm, you know, like, holding herself, like, protecting yeah, herself yeah. the whole time. There was just some very specific gestures that she did, yeah. which I found were so cool. Um, you know, he touches, he touches her on the arm just to see, and she's like, you yeah. know. No, it's great. Yeah, it's the just, physicality is awesome. It's wonderful to watch, you know, legitimate legends play. Yeah. Instead of uh, walk around inhabiting their legends, yeah. which can be exhausting. For sure. Um, For sure. And, and at a time when um, neither of them was was doing very much yeah. in a weird way. And yeah. Nicholson had done Reds yeah, you're three, right. four it years was three or four years before. And yeah, eighty one, I think. And um people just weren't ready for this. Yeah. Because his performance in Reds is it's great. It's mm-hmm. contained and small and minimalist, but he doesn't look like a no. burned out old man. No, he it's doesn't. just a couple of years later to see him show up in this movie yeah. doing that. It's interesting. Well, he's yeah. obviously very method. 
Yeah, he, right. He, he's all in. <laughs> like I was like, oh, he's just like letting everything go for that movie. You know, he's really Garrett for yeah. the whole time that he was playing that. I mean, it'd be interesting to know. I don't know how he, where he was p- personally in his life at that time, but yeah, that's you know. true. Early eighties. Yeah. Who knows? Um, and then he sort of kept it, mm-hmm. which is interesting. Mm-hmm. He just sort of, it's like his debut as like a, his as a character actor yeah, now. Yeah, exactly. Because he did similar work well, in As Good Chris's as It Gets. Honor, uh, yeah, yeah, much later. Well, As Good much, As It Gets does feel like a sort of an echo. Yeah. Uh, or a worst case scenario for Exactly, Garrett. exactly. Like wave down. But Prissy's Honor, for Yeah, sure, just for falling sure. apart and completely without human. Well, Prissy's Honor, he's playing uh, this yeah, we, magnificent idiot. Yeah, he's, oh, he's so good. Yeah. He's so great. Yeah. He's so great. They all are. And and I just think, like, you know, as, as an actor to watch um, that kind of acting, to, uh, I don't know, for some reason, Deborah Winger just stuck with me for many years after that. Yeah. We haven't um, really discussed her at all. And, and she is, I maintain that she should have won the Oscar. She's... It's very interesting. I wondered, it's her movie. But I the, wondered why, but it's yeah. not. Because if you, if you look at it actually structurally, it, yes, she's well, the protagonist. It begins when she's born and it ends when she's Yes, born. but... She, but it's about it's really sure. about Aurora. It yeah. is right, so it's an interesting thing, and and uh, I feel like her character is like the character that supports everyone, mm. and yeah. and then it's actually interesting that she does get sick because you know if you support everybody like that, she has nothing left for herself. You know, so similarly, okay, the character, yeah. you know, is like it's not about me like she's always like it's not about me in the character as a character but as an actor she's giving everything yeah. so it's an interesting kind of mix you yeah. know and, um, and the academy tends to confuse you know best acting with most acting and, and McLean is definitely older. bigger and yeah I mean Shirley McLean has been around longer she yeah. did win a Golden Globe I believe for it Winger? Um, Winger or Good was nominated her. yeah I think she actually won the Golden Globe yeah um, the scene in the parking lot with John Lithgow is my favorite though yeah she's like go wait in the car Tommy go wait in the car Tommy go wait in the car <laughs> yeah, it's just the moments when yeah, the moments when she cracks and yeah. and you see and then she sort of recovers but not quite because yeah. she's just like anyway and he says he tries to tell her that she's a good mother right he's like you know you're really good with them I can tell you're really great with them yeah and that's the that's the weird thing too is the 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 that Brooks can find the easy laugh that he can yeah. sort of let the air out let the tension out yeah. and just let people breathe again yes that's his like even though. That the um, how do I frame this? The sequence with the 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 checkout girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, then you must be from New York yes. punchline. That landed. That broke up my audience. Oh yeah. I still. It feels like an incredibly cheap shot. It's the one time in the movie. It is a cheap shot. Yeah. It totally is. That, but everybody laughs. Yeah. Yeah. But we also see just how mean he can be. Oh yeah. And because he usually plays characters, he he often has played characters yeah. like that. He doesn't always play the softer. No. Well, at the time, people only knew him from the world according to Garp. Yes. I think. Yeah. Um, Buckaroo Banza hadn't even come out yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And right. he was um, he was just this strange, you know, soft voiced big man. Yeah, I know. Presence that no one quite knew what to do yeah. with. He's so lovely. He's great. He's and so lovely. That little flash of authority and 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 just cruelty. Mm-hmm. It makes his character more interesting. Mm-hmm. And it gets it does get a laugh, but it also tells us it's like a cheap shot. Yeah, mm-hmm. this isn't going to turn out well either. Mm-hmm. Like this is a bad relationship mm-hmm. potentially for mm-hmm. for Emma, as much as he may be devoted to her. Yeah, yeah, it's true. This guy's not great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, complexity, right? You just you see it in everything for sure. And the fact that he turned her down for the loan at the bank initially, um, so you get the sense of like, yeah, there's just from the beginning that whole relationship 
but I, I don't know. I sort of totally fell for him because yeah. I was just, I felt, I felt for him because, you know, his, his whole situation with his wife and mm. all that kind of stuff. But yeah. they, but the... Char- and we can understand how they'd be drawn to each other. Yeah. I mean, we can actually see yeah. the attraction even though neither of them should be doing exactly. what they're doing. Exactly. Yeah. I'm yeah. sorry. I stepped on No, them. no, it's okay. Um, uh, I always just felt too like Emma just, Emma wasn't totally into him, but she was just sort of like, well... I think she just liked him as a person, yeah. you know, and was like, felt kind of sorry for him and, you know, and was like, well, my husband's doing something, so I might as well do something, yeah. you know. Um, but John Lithgow, you, you get that sense that, like, I kind of felt like in another life, then they could have actually had a good relationship mm. together. It was a sad, it was sad. I, the, when the, the scene where, like, she leaves and he's just standing there is sad. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. it is. No, you, yeah. can see the, you can see the attraction, you can see the superficial appeal, like how this would tempt both of yeah. them. But I think I do think that Larry McMurtry doesn't want them to be happy in his in his larger view. Like I know he knows he's some part of him as a, just going all the way back to authorial intent. There's some part of him that's just barreling towards tragedy. Yes, and hiding it really well. Yes, but you can just sort of feel it's tinged with that. Yeah, yeah, you can feel it seep in here and there in yeah. the movie, even though it's much happier and brighter. Yeah, I know you're right. You're yeah. right. You're right. And again, Is that's that... and then again, that's life, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's like the ill-fated thing before it begins, and both people know they shouldn't do that, and you know, um, yeah. Well, I mean, it's tragic the minute that she marries him. Yeah. Yeah, everything's gonna go wrong. <laughs> you know, and her mother knows it. So I know. Anyway, but it. But that it's, is the other thing too. Yeah, Aurora's right. Yeah, she's, she's right about she's right almost the whole everything. Way through. She's right the whole way through. She just won't let people forget it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. What does she always say to him? She says, "He's like, why are you always so mean to me?" Or what does he say to her? I can't remember. Um, oh, why do you treat me? Yeah. Yeah. What do you? What why do you treat me with? Uh, and she, he wants to know why she doesn't respect him, right? Mm-hmm. Something like that. Something like that. And then also, um, she says, uh, "Oh, what's the other one?" Um, why must you always challenge me? She says that to him. Um, yeah, I just, those two characters are interesting too. And, uh, you know, personally, like the father, the mother and son-in-law dynamic is a complicated one too. So sure, yeah. I felt like it's just very real, um, the way it was all done. Yeah. Uncomfortably so. And with, with, with Flap, like again, Daniel's. For sure uncomfortably so. Yeah. yeah. Daniel's instincts are so good because you can see him play the role. Yeah. Of the son-in-law. You can yeah. actually see him. Yes. It. Yes, and like trying to be yeah. what she, he thinks she wants him to be. And she sees right through it, mm-hmm. and then it just gets worse. Yeah. It only gets it worse. It only gets worse. Yeah. Exactly. But by he does what's required of him at the end of the film. By yeah. like He, 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 he does right her by Emma. He, yeah. The kids, yeah. Yeah. I know. It's just so... I think there's... I'm trying to remember. There's a, there's a line in the book, and of course I can't remember what it is, but it, it exactly. But it is a bit about how, um, how he is trying. Yeah. And it's literally the best he can do. He can't do anything. He can't do anymore. But he can try. He can try. Yeah. Yeah. And it's true. And so many people can't do any more than that. You know, limited. That's mm. what she always says about him. He's limited. That's right. Yes. He's limited, Emma. Yes. He has no imagination. He can't even fail when he gets the teaching job in Des Moines. He can't even fail locally. You <laughs> can't remember what she said. Because she's got the best lines. Um, she yeah. does. And I wonder, too, like, if she wrote... I, probably not because it's from the book. I wondered if it, any of it was ad libbed. She makes it feel like it is, right? Though. Or that she's been holding it, like she's yeah. been sitting on this perfect line, waiting yeah. until he's in the room. Yes, you know, like just yes. these withering dismissals. Yes, exactly, yeah. exactly. No, she totally does. And again, yeah, with that, how do you not end up playing the role that's been set out for you? Yeah. When when there's no room to move, and for Emma as well, when yeah. she's with Aurora, she 
has to try harder to be heard. She has to try harder to be seen. Yeah. Everything is happening in this woman's shadow. Yes. So yes, okay, Shirley McLean's movie, whatever. But I still think that uh, it's her. It's it's both of them. It's, mm. It is it is her story, but she's eclipsed at every mm. turn. You yeah. know, but she doesn't mind. Yeah. You never get the sense that she's um, resentful of her mother for her the way that she is. She right. completely one hundred percent accepts who that who that person is, who, right. who Shirley McLean is, right? And that's what makes the performance so interesting yeah. because she's giving back. Like she's yeah. always she's not um, she's not shutting down no she's just rolling with everything yeah. and th- when i watch the film again i watch her yeah uh because this and this yeah this sounds like i'm about to dismiss mclean what aurora does is really easily understood and what emma yes. does is much more complex her motives are different so yeah. she's playing over a, a, a harder role yeah. and again one that you could overlook very easily yeah. because she's steamrolled at every point by exactly. her co-star. Exactly. You're right. And that is probably why McLean did get the... Not... They're different performances, but yeah. I would say as an audience watching, you'd be like, oh, well, I'm blown away by this sure, person because yeah. they're so spectacular. You know, it's the smaller sort of yeah, nuances. Yeah. The way she speaks to her children, I'm like, oh my gosh. The way she is as a mom, like, it's you know, it's heartbreaking, you know? Yeah. I, I remember that, watching that before, yeah. Before I had a child, I was like, this... This is the most natural, like, her effortless, like, way just on screen, you know, in terms of, like, realistically relating to children and her husband and everything. I I wish she's been in more films. Yeah, she just kind of withdrew, apparently. I know, I heard again, she's difficult, or, you know. Yeah, you hear stuff. Who knows? She and, and it was Timothy Hutton, wasn't it? They were getting weird together doing things, like she would show up in his film, in drag as an angel. What was that film? Made in Heaven? Oh, the Alan yeah. Movie? Oh, yeah. You know, she plays an angel named Emmett. And mm. you're not supposed to recognize her, but it's so clearly transparent. That is her. Winger that, oh, yeah. That's yeah. so weird. That Just, is weird. But it was the 80s. You and, you know, it wasn't people indulge their strangest impulses exactly. in American indie films. Plus, there was probably a lot of cocaine around. I mean, exactly. I exactly. I heard that, she, yeah. I There's mean, a whole documentary about her absence. Yes. Um, uh, searching, for, yeah. searching for Devin Winger. Yeah. yeah. Have you seen it? I haven't seen it. It's uh, it's around here somewhere. You're welcome I would to like to see it, it, actually. Yeah. It's, oh, you're uh, so sweet. Yeah, it's very good. It's um, it's more of a comment about the lack of roles for women after a certain point. Well, in American I'm sure cinema, that's but, partly what happened. And she was never... She didn't strike me as somebody who would... Um, just play I mean she played a, a very girl next door kind of role mm, but, but she I, wouldn't just go along with no I don't ideas, think you know? so I mean I feel that her personality was strong as a woman at that time mm-hmm. and maybe it wasn't oh, I'm sure, yeah. necessarily as accepted Shirley McLean too you know she was quite um, I've, I mean what I've read about her she's very well, she's like, outspoken on outspoken. virtually every level yeah exactly I spent the entire 70s writing books about how oh my gosh out on a limb I remember yeah. I remember my mom my mom had all of her books <laughs> That was the first time I ever learned about reincarnation. My mom bought out on a limb, I remember. I remember I was very young. And I remember she told me, and I was like, what do you mean? You can have more than one life. I don't understand, Mom. Yeah. I've always wondered, every time these movies come up, some sort of reference to reincarnation, it's like, well, doesn't that mean that we were all reincarnated? How do you know who the new ones are? There's, it's the George Carlin line, right? It's the know, George there Carlin There used to line. be a handful of people, and now there's four billion someone yeah. who's printing up souls. Yeah. Where do they come from? Exactly. But... Uh, McClain, yeah, she's fascinating. She's very fascinating. One assumes that just everybody from that era is eccentric in some way because you get indulged and sure. And, and but like, look at Jane Fonda. Celebrated. She yeah. went very straight and narrow for the most part. Like, yeah. I mean, she was in post seventies yeah. and then eighties. Eighties, yeah. kind of, yeah, you know. But she was also, you know, protesting the war in the sixties, and she yeah, was an activist, true. and she was outspoken. Um, 
there's some stuff in in the in the Clute DVD. There's some documentary material about just how she's basically uh, making activist statements right up until they call action, wow. and doing stuff, and then wow, that's back interesting. To work. That's interesting. Yeah. and now she is. Well, I mean, she basically is Hollywood royalty at this yeah, point. Yeah, she is. Yeah, so, she is. Yeah. And she's done a lot of cool things. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, and but she's that, had so many. Fondas had so many different identities. I mean. Uh, making films with Godard in the 60s, yeah. protesting the war, and then the workout video Yeah, the workout videos. Now, I know. Yeah. I know. It's wild. She's had a total up and down. And yeah. she stayed through it all. And uh, Yeah, know. she's never not been herself. I mean, no. She's absolutely doing what she wants to right? do. Right, yeah. And Winger, I'm just trying to think if there's a film that she made that represents <laughs> Betrayed isn't really it. You know, that was just a Joe Esterhaus scripted thriller kind of thing. What was the other film that she did close after Terms of Endearment? Um, in this... It was... Or it was maybe before... An Officer and a Gentleman was before Terms of Endearment, and then uh, I'd forgotten she did The Sheltering Sky with Bertolucci, but that was a few years later. Oh, uh, yeah, she did. That's interesting. Yeah, Because she... I like her performance, and I liked um, Bertolucci and Shadowlands. Shadowlands, that's mm-hmm. right. Oh, that's right. I remember thinking in Shadowlands mm-hmm. that while what and happens Rachel to getting her... married. That's what I remember seeing her. Ah, that's... She was great in it. Ridiculous that I couldn't think of that. I mean, just with Demi dying yesterday, oh, it's been all over the place. Um, um, and it's she's great in that. She's yeah, great. she is because she's carrying. It's that thing that you never want to see an actor do, which is hide one thing for the whole movie. Yes, that would come up naturally. Yes, but the context of it is that she literally can't speak it. She and can't so speak it. It's fine, and she's great. And then yeah. the second time you watch that movie, and it just breaks your heart yeah. what she's doing. It hurts you. I know. Yeah. I know. No, she's great. She's the performance is really great. Yeah. And she pulled off Shadowlands, even though it's a, essentially a repeat. Yeah, it is a repeat, In a right? weird way of, of Terms of Endearment. Yeah. But it's why... I guess it's why you'd cast her. You Maybe. know she can do it. You Maybe because you've seen her do it before. It's interesting why people make choices casting-wise because you never know. Like, yeah. And sometimes... I often think people opt for the safe choice, right? Sure, yeah. yeah. I mean, you want a film to be successful. Exactly. Generally, the path of least resistance and exactly. all that. It's, it's not a... Yeah, I mean, in retrospect, this is the perfect movie for a guy who's worked in television because it lets you do broad strokes, but in a cumulative way. That yes. they, they all build up to something. Yes. And Brooks, I mean... I think his next film is probably his best film, Broadcast News, which yes. is... Oh, which my is, gosh. Uh, yeah. yeah. A, another huge time-defining, uh, time era-spanning yes. epic, but one with more to say than just relationship stuff. But exactly. But then there's nothing wrong with relationship <sighs> I stuff, I should have right? picked Broadcast News. Oh, that's okay. This is good, too. <laughs> oh, no. Every movie, you know, this is why I had trouble letting you know. It took me, like, a week. I was like, what about this one? And what about this one? And what about this? I could say this about this. There's so many good ones. Yeah, don't get in your own head. Just go with your guy. Holly Hunter is one of my favorites as well. She is. Fantastic. Yeah, she's wonderful. Yeah. Someone will. We'll get to it someday. Uh, but Terms is, on its own, still pretty damn good. Yeah, I'm, it's I'm great. really glad you it's chose great. it. It's great. It's a personal, like... I I went I opted for the personal route as opposed to just clear cinematography and um, you know film classicness because right. I I was like I I felt like if I had an intimate connection to it. So I was going to ask, um, given that its star has kind of faded, do you force it on people? Do you do you experience resistance when you tell people that it's good? Because I've, I've the had film? yeah I've had that happen uh-huh. once or twice. I fi- I find that um, I find that a lot about films that took place in the 70s or the 80s or like people sort of just dis- dismiss them if they're not a classic if they're not a 50s or a 60s film it's like 70s I don't know 
They're in that window. Right? Kind there's of. There's that little and space it, where things well, are yeah. taken. And there's a bit of, like, people are like, is it soap opera-y? Is it melodramatic? It looks, like, romantic. And it is. It's it's romantic and it's dramatic. Mm-hmm. But I, I wouldn't say it's melodramatic because I think mm-hmm. the performances are really grounded and real. And I wouldn't say it's soapy because I think it's original. I think it's real life. Like, I think it's... Um, but, yeah, for sure. Um, and I feel like my tastes are all a little stuck in the... <laughs> in the 70s and the 80s and maybe it's because of when I grew up yeah you we're know? shaped by you're shaped by what yeah by like if I think of all my favorite movies there that definitely and music is that time period for me as well yeah um and you know what it is it's simple and and things are much more clever now it's not um it's not a it's not a Wes Anderson film it's not a right. you know it's not a um a fast-paced um storyline layered complex character there's no it's it's just what it is it's just a simple story about people and family and their life and it's very linear you know even though it it goes different time periods um and i think maybe people want more action and more excitement in some things you know even i just saw manchester by the sea and oh my gosh like broke my heart it was very like yeah as a parent that's gonna be yeah so again it's it's a moving family story but it has it ha- it's more stylistic you know there's a little bit more going on yeah. well even just the use of music tells you the how to music feel a lot. The, exactly there's a lot going on whereas this is just really stripped down pared down like basic 80s family drama that is really really well done you know yeah i mean it's just great acting and great directing and writing and yeah, I mean, we've seen a lot of films that sort of try to do it, and, and well, not that many, really. Not, not that many. I think succeed. they think they have to have something else. You know, I think I think it's like it. it um, I'm trying to think of something simple that I've seen recently. I, it, everything is so categorized too into genres now. It's like okay, you're making a sci-fi, you're making a thriller, you're right. making a romantic comedy. This had a little bit of, you know, romance and a little tragedy and a little, you know, um, it just is like a, it, for me, it's like a simpler time. Yeah, it's like a simpler time in the film. It's a simpler time in the style of making it, and um, I guess that's what I like. It's the nostalgia for you know, sort of how I grew. I like the clothes remind me of my childhood, yeah. right? I guess sure that kind of stuff. And I think when something um, speaks to you, like uh, yeah, the mother daughter relationship really spoke to me. Um, there's a lot of dysfunction there, but uh, there's also like a certain a huge amount of love. So yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, it, I mean, it's true. It's an uncomplicated, it's a straightforward uh, character piece. Character and that's piece, yeah. all it needs to be. Yeah. Uh, I mean, now I guess you could have somebody who's also a time traveler. But sure. What would be the point? Although, actually, that could be <laughs> A really time traveler. Oh, you're so cute. Someone that shows up to sort of kind of warn Emma away from Someone comes choice, in, so, exactly. Yeah. But then, like, broadcast news, it, it's more, it's cl- it's a bit more cl- like, complex, right? Mm-hmm. So it comes... It's a lot of moving parts. A lot of there's, moving a, parts. there's a lot of commentary going on. Yeah. You know, it's more... Um, it, it reminds me of uh, oh my gosh my brain um, okay. with the show um, the newsroom the sort of yes film? thank you yeah. yeah so it's just the well the, that's just because Jeff Daniels is yeah. in there it's just the it's just the rapidity and the and the you know quickness of yeah. of thought and character and oh, Aaron Sorkin wishes he was as good with that as he Daniel wishes he wishes really is I mean that is he was the original script. right yeah. Yeah. yeah he showed he he sort of. He built the he built the machine. He yeah. built the he built the engine, and yeah, yeah. God, that's thirty years now. I thirty mean, years, just sort of I know. Falling along in its way. No, it's true. It's true, and it took that long for it to. I mean, do I do think that um, 
I don't know. I feel that way about music in the 70s, too. I just feel like a, th- a lot of things were already done. And mm. then we're just, you know, we're redoing them. And this, yeah. is how you, this is how we roll. Well, now, I mean, everything that... We're borrowing. Every established property is being remade. Everything is being yeah. reinvented because why not? It's cheaper and people already yeah. recognize it. And, and they know people will buy it. Yeah. You know. The Gilmore Girls reunion just makes me think that... Oh, my gosh, yeah. That basically is Terms of Endearment. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just without the tragedy. We're not it's there true. yet. It's true. I worry about Rory. Sometimes, <laughs> for that very reason. But uh, well, this this can bring us to the to the the last question to yeah. the to the final question of the podcast, which is always the same, which is like, what of terms of endearment have you borrowed or stolen or absorbed into your own creative DNA? Has it surfaced in your work? Um, yeah, I mean, I would say I'm just really drawn to um, those kind of performances. Um, Sharon McLean and Deborah Winger to me. It's like that fierce, um, unabashed, raw emotionalism that you, that is obviously what I strive for as an actor, and um, the listening, you mm. know, and the and the real like sharp clocking of other other characters in the scenes, and um, I really do enjoy playing like gray area of people too so Uh it it, you know that like we talked about the not perfect part so as much as I can borrow in my own performances it's like I just find it so dull and not interesting to watch a character that's good or bad you know because no human is just good or bad um so yeah you know the messiness I like the messiness I like the I like the vulnerability and I and I strive for that I mean um as much as possible there's a lot of technical skill going on there as well Um, and obviously to strive to be somebody like Charlie McLean would be incredible and, you know, Deborah Winger as well. But, um, yeah, I think when I was young, I think that's what caught me. It was just very arresting. And, you know, we watch some, somebody whose work is not, it feels just organic. It doesn't feel like they're acting, you know, obviously for me as an actor, that's what I would want, you know, to strive for in my terms of my best work. You just want to, I just personally want to, to... Um, the stuff I saw in it and that I hope if I have borrowed anything from it um, is just to uh, how can I how can I make this you know resonate for myself so that you know somebody else watching it could relate it's just very basic you know but that's what I felt when I watched it I was like oh my gosh the universalness of watching this I see my whole life you know and so yeah if if those those characters make me think of that and definitely I've tried to draw from that um every time i see a great film though you know every time you see something where you're like oh that's so great i would love i would love to do that but um uh yeah but just a good reminder um about not having it to have it be super complicated too and just like the emotion is enough and you know not forcing and just being and just like you know accepting like there's there's a sense of just sort of um owning and accepting whoever the character is and you know, not having to really push anything too much, um, and and I really do think that there's there's it's, there's another. Um, I always think of like Laura Dern too, because yeah. she's just not pretty. You know, like no, like Deborah Winger does not care about being pretty. Shirley MacLaine does not care about being pretty, or maybe they do, but it's like that sense of what's most important is just being as truthful as possible in the scene. Right. You know. Um, Stay out of the way. Yeah. Just do the yeah. thing. Yeah. Like Laura Dern, I always remember she's always all over the place. You know, but she's so compelling to watch. Um, that's how I feel about Deborah Winger and 
and uh, Shirley McLean. I can just hope for that, strive for that. <laughs> and don't date Jeff Daniels. And do not date Jeff Daniels. No. It's a life tip. It's a good tip. Exactly. Well, just don't ever marry someone named Flap, really. Yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a red flag. <laughs> can you imagine? Mom, I found the man I want to marry. I love that they never figure out where it comes from. You it, never say where it comes there's from. There's no origin. No. It's just called He's Flap. It's just Flap. Yeah, they never say his real name. They never do. You're right. Yeah. That's so funny. I mean, maybe it's short for Flappitus or something. Some kind of horrible, <laughs> horrible parenting choice that was that he's I been wonder. striving to. I think it's. A, I think it actually is a nickname, a derivative of something, though. Is I mean, it? it must be, but. Ugh. Wonder Fra- Frank? No, you know, there's so many like names for George yeah. or. Uh, John Jack. John Jack, yeah, whatever, a, right? Yeah. yeah. All right, we'll go look it up. And see I, what I think it's very find. American. Flap. It's American. Still it's a woman's son. Terrible. Flap who lives in Des Moines. <laughs> Ugh. I don't like him already. <laughs> My thanks to Rachel Wilson, who you can see in the new film First Round Down, opening in Toronto this Friday, May 5th, before rolling out across the rest of Canada later this spring. And thanks also to Winnie Wong. She knows what she did. You can find Rachel on Twitter at Rachel underscore Wilson one. The one is a numeral. And you can find Terms of Endearment on Blu-ray and DVD from Paramount Home Entertainment. It's also available for sale and rental on iTunes and Google Play. As always, you can find me on Twitter at Norm Wilner and elsewhere on the internet at NowToronto.com. You can also find this podcast on Twitter at Semcast, S-E-M-Cast, and on the web at SomeoneElsesMovie.com. If you want to leave a review on iTunes, that would be very kind of you. Don't forget to mention that Flap is a stupid name. Thanks for listening. I'm afraid you just too darn loud.